Will They Find a Home? Sponsored by Geico. Steve is intrigued by the paranormal. Otherworldly spirits really make a house a home, you know? Janice has different taste. I'd like my house to not be haunted. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Steve and Janice found a renovated Victorian that's only haunted from 9 to 5. Okay, wife's home. Y'all gotta bounce. Bye, Steve. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. Oh, hello. My goodness. If it's not August already, holy cow. Oh, summer uh, just cruising by. And uh, I hope wherever you're at, it's wonderful outside. It, it is here. Man, high 70s, low 80s, cloudless skies. I mean, it is uh, oof, good porch weather, I say. That's right. I love getting out there. I, I have become uh, sort of an old man in my neighborhood. I, I'm i often seen out in the front porch sitting in my rocking chair. <laughs> I love it. Uh, man, what a good week. Uh to uh, to be here because uh, my guest this week, man, just doing some incredible stuff and um, really, really uh, doing a lot of good out there and, and just brightening up the world and uh, making uh, the earth a better place. Of course, my guest this week is you. That's right. Oh, you look good. I hope you're feeling good as well. Oh, man, thank you for all you're doing. Uh, out there, um, uh, look, I, you're out there spreading positivity and that's, uh, that's what we need. To, we certainly need to be doing. All right. Counteract some of that negativity that's being thrown around. Yeah. Let's accentuate the positive as old Bing used to sing. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, this week's sponsor. Oh boy. This is, uh, this is a good one. Uh, an important one. I say, um, I'm happy, uh, to have them aboard this week. Sponsoring uh, this episode, a spoon. Oh, my gosh. A pretty important tool, really. Um, I I think about, well, I I think we take them for granted, but we wouldn't enjoy certain things nearly as much uh, without a spoon, Uh, soup, cereal, um, ice cream. I mean, we've all had to fork ice cream before. You know, let's say you're at a birthday party and you're given a, you know, you get a, a flimsy paper plate there with a piece of cake and a scoop of ice cream on it. And yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you don't just take a, you don't use the fork for the uh, cake and then switch to a spoon for the ice cream. You usually just use the same tool. You can spoon cake, of course, uh, but you can also fork ice cream. <laughs> and uh, that goes okay, but you're certainly not going to eat uh, soup with a, a fork. My goodness. Uh, or cereal. I mean, you just, you, can you, uh, I, you know, sure, but it's not that effective and it wouldn't nearly be as enjoyable. Uh, spoons, very important tool. I'm sure you all, uh, <laughs> have some in your home and, uh, <laughs> uh, let's, I just hope, uh, that you find time to enjoy a spoon uh, this week, hey, and it's also it also gave us uh, quite a nice um, position with uh, our loved one, uh, uh, hasn't it? 
uh, spooning in bed is always uh, pretty pretty nice. I mean, for a short amount of time. It depends on if you're a big spoon or small spoon. And I'm not afraid to admit, as a man who is uh, confident and secure, I'm uh, not afraid to admit I like being small spoon. I like uh, being spooned. Uh, I find it very comforting and nice. Um, I also like being big spoon, but, uh, and I believe Kevin Smith brought this up in one of his movies. Uh, sometimes that, that arm that you're laying, you don't quite know what to do with it. It's not, you can't really get, uh, it gets uncomfortable after a little bit. So anyway, thank you spoon for sponsoring this week's podcast. Uh, you know, it's not too bad down here in the basement today. Um, uh, because I think the weather outside is kind of mild, and so uh, it's fairly mild down here. And, uh, oh, my gosh, I've received a couple notes about uh, my shows in Des Moines, people asking how they went, and um, uh, some people saying they, they were there and they enjoyed themselves. I'm so glad I had a wonderful time in Des Moines, Iowa, at the Funny Bone there. I always do. Thank you uh, so much to everybody who came out and uh, said hi to me after the show and... Uh, uh, got some pictures or whatever and uh, bought some koozies or whatnot and uh, met my friend Sean, who opened for me, one of my best friends. Man, just uh, a, a terrific, terrific time. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And if you follow me on Instagram, thank you for putting up with my constant uh, little uh, silly little videos about me being there. I, I've got a lot of shows coming up, so uh, there'll be uh, a lot more videos. So uh, uh, I hope you enjoy them. If not, um, you know, ignore them or unfollow, whatever you got to do. <laughs> uh, I love having you on my Instagram, so I'd hate to see you go. But uh, uh, anyway, I try to make them somewhat enjoyable. Uh, my schedule is available at thatjosharnold.com, and uh, I'll always post on Instagram about my upcoming gigs. Um, uh, I think next is Louisville and then uh, Cincinnati and Toledo and just added uh, some Peoria shows and Cedar Rapids shows and Fort Wayne shows. And, uh, yeah, so a uh, lot, lot happening. Uh, check out my sketch, my sketch, sketch at uh, thatjosharnold.com. Well, what do you say? Are you guys ready to hop on board the TJA Express? Yes, the old Arn track, the world's only steam-powered monorail. sound there as we cruise along and my gosh if we haven't found ourselves in vocabville oh what a lovely what a lovely place we all love vocabville why because we learn about a word that maybe we didn't know about and uh, this one i had never <laughs> i certainly was not aware of and you'll soon maybe uh, realize why because it's uh, completely antiquated but uh perhaps you've heard this i never had but i certainly think it's uh, a good one the word uh, this week, guardilu. That's right, guardilu. Uh, actually, I think the emphasis is supposed to be on the end, the last uh, syllable there. So, guardilu, guardilu, G A R D Y L O O. A guardilu <laughs> is a warning cry that slop or waste was about to be thrown from an upstairs window to the street below. So we've all read old books or seen old movies where uh, that's what you would do. You would have uh, 
your slop or your uh, maybe uh, from the kitchen or a bedpan, uh, which is awful, but it's uh, something that happened. And uh, or even your bath water, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bath water, that kind of thing. So uh, if you lived in some sort of tenement and you were on the upper floors, you would before throwing out uh, this gross stuff, you would you would yell. Guardy Lou and the people below walking on the streets and the sidewalk would know. Um, look out. Some uh, some stuff's coming down and you you don't want to be under it. So, uh, Guardy Lou. Uh, boy, I bet when you heard Guardy Lou, you moved. <laughs> Especially if uh, you... <laughs> You'd been hit by something before. I'm sure you went right to the middle of the street and stayed out of the uh, gutter area there. Guardy Lou. Obviously, I doubt that this is said anywhere anymore. Uh, times have changed. Indoor plumbing and uh, <laughs> garbage disposals and uh, baths that drain, that sort of thing, uh, have made this obsolete. But what a fun word. Uh, Guardy Lou. So... Maybe the next time you're, um, I don't know, occasionally you have, uh, there's reason to, to toss something out of window. You know what I do, I, I do? Maybe this is weird. But if I have like, um, if I cut up vegetables or whatever, or if I uh, eat some vegetables and then I, I don't eat the leftovers and they kind of go bad, a lot of times I just walk out on my deck and I just, I have a somewhat of a, I have a semi-wooded backyard. I just chuck that stuff out of my backyard. Um uh, you know, anything that's sort of bio or uh, like com- compostable. I don't have a compost uh, box or, or heap. I, I'd like to. I, I should have. I, you know what? I will eventually make one or get one. But for now, I just throw any leftover like produce, uh, you know, not everything. I wouldn't like if I had a uh, <laughs> like a pineapple that I <laughs> just let kind of go uh, go like spoil on my cow. I wouldn't just chuck that whole pineapple out there. But uh, just a few things. I will, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll just toss them out into the backyard. Nobody cares. It's my backyard. I mean, maybe occasionally a kid running through will go, hey, what the hell are these green beans doing? But uh, other than that, uh, I like to think that maybe some critter will get it. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, maybe from now on I will yell Guardy Lou. When I, in fact, no, that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm yelling Guardy Lou every time I do that now. Uh, my neighbors sometimes have to be baffled by me. That's going to baffle them. I'm, I know they're baffled when, uh, like when, if I'm grilling outside. Chick McGee, I once uh, said um, that I always wanted a uh, triangle, like a dinner bell, <laughs> so I could clang it and yell, come and get it. And uh, Chick actually got me one. And so it hangs uh, on my like on my deck, and uh, I will after I'm I've grilled, clang it, and yell, "Come and get it!" And it's just me. It's just me who's going to be eating it. So <laughs> they must. But I just I abuse myself. And now I will do that with Guardy Lou as well. And I hope you do uh, do too. Um, all right. Uh, oh well, let's get this uh, train chugging along again. Because we have one more stop to make. Boy, oh boy. Ah, feels good.
Man, that really does make me wistful for a train ride. I want to get. I need to get on a train soon, uh, whether it be at a theme park or uh, something. But I would love so, like where I can actually feel the air. So I'll probably have to go to like a zoo or a theme park, <laughs> sort of uh, feel the the breeze as you ride along in the train. I don't want to be stuck in some car. Uh, like the closed train cars. Uh, all right, so here we are at Movie Mountain. That's right, Movie Mountain, uh, the highest mountain in uh, this area. Um, and and by that I mean um, it's like a hundred feet. It's not it's not very high, but it is the highest peak uh, around. And uh, you know, we're, you might notice that we're. Um, we're kind of in between Movie Mountain. We're close to we're closer to Movie Mountain than Bookburg, but Bookburg's uh, close. And I'll tell you why we sort of uh, stopped the train here. Uh, boy, this movie, um, I, I watch this movie uh, a few times a year. And uh, if you've seen it, you might go, geez, that's some heavy stuff to watch a few times a year. But the reason I do is because the script is so smart and so sharp and efficient and uh, uh, economical that I, what I do is I watch this thing um, to remind me to uh, write better, essentially to, to uh, yeah, work harder on dialogue and, and things like that. And because uh, as you guys know, I, I, I write, um, uh, you know, I'll write short stories or I'll write screenplays. I'm always kind of working on something. And so uh, this really, every now and again, I look at this and go, okay, yeah. Yeah, this is I, I got to step it up. Um, the movie came out in two thousand four, and it's called Closer. And it's uh, you know I've talked to some people who just hated it. They hated it, um, and I've talked to many who thought it was a masterpiece. I fall into the category of I, I think it is the script uh, itself is a masterpiece, and the movie is sure is uh, if it's not, it's it's darn close. It stars uh, Julia Roberts and Natalie Portman and Jude Law and Clive Owen, and that's about it. Um, it's based on a play, which was a quartet, of course, a four-person play, um, and uh, so the movie does have other people in it. But I mean, the main focus is uh, the, the, these four, and it was directed by the the great Mike Nichols and written by Patrick Marber, who wrote the play. And this thing is ferocious. It's about uh, two men and two women and, 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 and how they all their love lives sort of intertwine with each other. And um, uh, it's about, uh, I mean, it's essentially about love and relationships, but it is harsh. And the honesty and... Um, uh, communic the honest communication in this movie can be just brutal and it's it's amazing it's a marvel of dialogue i mean <laughs> some of the lines are uh they're just killers they just they hit you they punch you right in the gut or they stab you right in the heart uh i mean it's it, it's a, a powerhouse script and the acting is incredible uh, I, I think the only person nominated for this movie, I'd have to look this up. I know Clive Owen was om- nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor, and he should have won. I, I'll have to look to see who uh, who else was nominated. But, man, I was disappointed that he didn't win. He nails this this thing. It's, it's look, it's a heavy movie. Uh, it's funny, but it's 
like wickedly funny. I mean, the the laughs are uh, they're laced with a little bit of poison, and um, the drama is high, and uh, the emotions are <laughs> are real, and they're right, you know, right on everybody's sleeve, and uh, it's 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 terrific stuff. And if you uh, also want to treat yourself, read the play. And that's why the train right now is a little close to Bookburg, too. Read Patrick Marber's Closer. It's, it crackles. I mean, it is, it's just it's just dynamite. So, Closer. Check it out. If you have and you didn't like it, uh, that's quite all right. This, is, this one's not going to be for everybody because it is, uh, it's tough. Uh, but, ooh. It's also got a killer song uh, that 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 uh, bookends the movie. It's all right, yeah. I really, really recommend it. Uh, and if you have seen it, maybe give it another visit. But particular, I mean, if especially if you liked it. Uh, okay, well, I see the monorail is uh, well. We've essentially made ourselves made our way back here uh, to the basement, and um, you know, I mentioned um, uh, long ago on a podcast about. Um, uh, things kind of occurring in one's life, and um, sometimes things have happened. Your, your parents made made decisions, or somebody in your life used to do something, or a tradition has come around, and you kind of don't know the backstory or the history or, or, or too much about it. And um, I said, you know, and I and I posited maybe we don't need to know the backstory. Maybe it's better if we create our own. Sometimes it's wonderful knowing how tradition started, and sometimes it's fun to go, oh, man, I don't know how this started, but I sure am grateful for it. Well, I received a story uh, from a, a listener a while back, and I, I revisited I re- it, and I really want to share it with you. Um, and, uh, uh, I, yeah, it, it comes from Edward, and I just found this to be um, so lovely. He was talking, he, he talks about how, uh, one day, his parents, they were putting up drywall, and uh, they were replacing uh, the, uh, the old walls, and they were in a discussion. And he says, my mom had something she didn't want to fess up to. And it was like real. It was like a real, like this was sort of a confession that that was uh, maybe a little heavy. And so her uh, husband, his dad, Edward's dad, handed her a pen and said, uh, don't tell me what it is, just write it. And she did. She wrote the uh, confession down on the sheet of drywall that they were putting up. And uh, to make her feel better, he wrote something he was he was ashamed to admit. And they did this over and over. They wrote they wrote secrets and things they felt guilty for and uh, embarrassing moments from the past. And they filled an entire sheet of drywall, and uh, they read each other's confessions. They sat there and they looked everything over, and they uh, read one another's confessions, and um, they didn't say anything. There, there must have been lingering questions, uh, and uh, but they didn't talk about any of it. They just had it there on the drywall. And Edward says his dad said, "Well, if that's everything, uh, I can live with it." And the, his mother agreed, said, yes, if that's if that's everything, I can live with it too. And uh, they knew right then that they were destined to be with each other, that they were in love, and that nothing 
was going to get in the way of that love. They they had just shared their most intimate secrets and, and shames and embarrassments. And uh, they were fine with it. In fact, it probably made them love each other a little more. So what did they do? They mounted that panel of drywall. They painted it. And they never talked about any of that stuff again. Isn't that something? Man, oh man. I That is just such a lovely story. So wonderful. Uh, thank you very, very much, Edward, for sharing that. And I hope you're enjoying uh, life on uh, Big Island, Hawaii. Boy, oh boy. I'm sure, uh, you know, I bet you've got some uh, some wonderful stories from there and some wonderful scenery you see every day. You may pay $12 for a, a gallon of milk, but <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, boy, uh, good on you and your folks. Thank you for, uh, for sharing that. Uh, this week, uh, August 1st, marked my fifth uh, anniversary with the Bob and Tom Show. It was five years ago, a couple days ago, that I uh, officially joined the Bob and Tom cast. And uh, I tell you what, the five years have flown by. Um, I'm as close to uh, never working a day in my life as I've ever been. Because they say if you love what you do, you never truly work a day. And I got to tell you, I'm uh, I'm pretty much there. Um, the only thing that uh, makes it feel like work sometimes is uh, when my alarm goes off. And uh, I have to get up. <laughs> So early in the morning, but actually sitting in the studio, uh, rarely ever feels like uh, work. And how blessed, boy! I'll ne- I, I never take uh, take it for granted, and uh, I never take you for granted. Uh, listening to the big show, and uh, oh man, just um, uh, thrilled to be a part of it. I and and I I, I, have, I should tell you this should be good news for uh, most of you. Um, I, I've recently signed an extension, so uh, the nonsense will uh, continue. And um, man, uh, yeah, I'm just loving it. And th- thank you guys all so much for uh, uh, for being here. Um, I've got some questions about the big show that people have uh, sent in that um, I will. Uh, I'd like to answer here. Um, oh man. The, let's see here. Oh, this this is uh, this is a good one, uh, Josh. Uh, this comes from. Uh, oh my! What a coincidence this is. This was not done on purpose. Um, I just kind of I see I read things and I print them out, and uh, <laughs> this question comes from Edward of Big Island, Hawaii. <laughs> I save all the questions I get in a folder, and then I uh, go I look through them and I just sort of I sometimes randomly print them out. That's what I did today. And it happens, so happens that I printed out, uh, Edward, uh, okay, we're still with you, pal. Uh, I hear you saying certain things, he says, in the show, jokingly, I suppose. Uh, However, the knowledge you sometimes present makes me think you may be a fellow truther. Um, I don't don't think I know exactly what a truther is. I've heard it used in a few ways. Um, I I think one way I've heard it is... uh, were people who doubted President Obama's um, uh, birth certificate called truthers? I think they were. Um, I think they were known as truthers. Uh, if I ever joke about that, I'm not honest. If In that case, I am not honestly a truther. Uh, 
Uh, if you are, I, look, what do I know? But uh, but I no, I don't consider myself a a, a truther in doubting um, where he was born or whatever. Um, <laughs> quite honestly, Barnaby doesn't even care. Uh, but um, uh, so if if you mean that, uh, no. Uh, but if you mean because here you say obviously not all conspiracies are real, nor are all quote official narratives. I totally agree with that. Um, I'm definitely a true a, a if you want to use the term truther uh, in that respect. Of course, not all conspiracies are real, but I'm going to say, of course, not all official narratives are real. Uh, you go on to cite cryptids, aliens, JFK, 9/11, COVID. Uh, one or more are bound to vary for the from the cover story. You're right; they are bound to vary. Some aren't. I uh, look a couple of these I can eliminate. Uh, for, for me personally, right away, I, I don't think 9/11 was a big conspiracy at all. I think it was a a heinous act of terrorism, and uh, 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 that's it. Um, so uh, that one I can cross off. I, I I would not be a truther in that regard. Um, JFK, man, I mean, there's evidence on all sides of this one for me, and. Um, Boy, I, I, you know, I think I am somewhat of a conspiracy theorist when it when it comes to that. Uh, in what regard, like, say, do I believe there was only one shooter? Uh, I, boy, I just don't know. I don't know. There's a lot. Of, there, there are a lot of questions with that one for me. And uh, by the way, feel free to call me a crackpot if you disagree with me. It, again, I, I, it doesn't really matter to me. But. Um, uh, Boy, that's a. T- I, I I can tell you this. I love the movie, the Oliver Stone flick. Whether uh, a lot of that is uh, horse crap or not, just what a what a cinematic feat that old movie is. It certainly is, and and it's certainly compelling. Um, you know, conspiracies surround. Oftentimes, conspiracies are just ways for people to deal with uh, upsetting situations. For instance, you could argue, you know, 9-11, JFK, all these, those, those types of things. Um, you, Edward also said COVID. Uh, there are conspiracies uh, regarding that. And uh, I, it's because, man, sometimes the truth is just really hard to swallow. You can't, can, did somebody really kill the president? And, and, it's, and it's so tragic and so devastating that our minds look for answers anywhere they can get them. They look for some sort of way to reason uh make make unreasonable things reasonable or make unfathomable things more more uh, understandable so uh you know in that regard conspiracies will pop up that way now when it comes to covid i'm not really i don't have uh, uh look i know there are a ton of views out there and a, a ton of differing opinions um the most i can say about that whole about the whole thing is uh, I look forward to reading the book in 10 years when we have all the answers. Um, and, and I'm being presumptuous that we'll have all the answers in, in you know, 10 years or whatever. But uh, I, I think I think this thing is still, rel- I mean, relatively speaking, in its infancy, we have no, you know, I think we have, we have some knowledge, but a lot of it's speculation uh, in regards to the virus itself. In regards to uh, vaccines, in regards to anything, I, I, I um, yeah, I, I mean, 
all I know is uh, I've got my beliefs, uh, but um, man, we do any of us really know? I mean, I, I think we can. We're just uh, doing our best to listen to uh, the smartest people in the room and uh, and and make our decisions um, as best we can. I, I we want so conspiracies. Eh, I I don't. And and look, I should also say this. Because, Edward, you bring up a good point. I, I, I say certain things on the show, and you say jokingly, I suppose. That's the key, all right? Uh, I, <laughs> uh, the Bob and Tom show is not a news show, okay? We are entertainment, and uh, that's all we set out to be. And oftentimes I will say contradictory things or even, even uh, controversial things. To uh, piss off Tom <laughs> or Chick or Christy or Willie or whoever, uh, I, you know, I'll just be um, uh, argumentative so uh, and silly. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, anything I say on the show, take, take with a grain of salt. Uh, I, I could just be trying to stir the pot. Um, so now when it comes to things like cryptids, you know, your uh, Bigfoot's. Uh, your uh, chupacabras, your Loch Ness monsters, things like that, and aliens and ghosts and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm a believer in a lot of that stuff. And uh, uh, is there evidence to show that those all that all those things truly exist? No, uh, <laughs> but I'm still a believer, and I uh, there's not enough evidence for uh, to suggest that they don't. Uh, and this is where people would definitely argue with me, and you have every right to disagree with me on this. But I like believing in that stuff. I choose to believe in it, and uh, I think it's fascinating and fun and uh, a little scary. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 cool. So, um, uh, yeah, do I look at science? Uh, I love when things are debunked scientifically. I love it um, because, quite honestly, I mean – the world is fascinating without conspiracy theories. I mean, oh boy, uh, when things are debunked scientifically, it's like, oh, it, this is still amazing that the world and nature and and things work this way. Uh, I, I love it. So um, I'm by no means a denier of science, but I do. Uh, I'm also not a denier of many sort of conspiracy theories or uh, beliefs in the supernatural and that that sort of thing. Uh, so, yeah, so when I make jokes about, uh, um, you know, some controversial topics like vaccines or uh, climate change or, or whatever, uh, uh, I, one of the things that I always joke about uh, is uh, that Michelle Obama hates fat people. And that's one of my favorite things to joke about. And here's <laughs> if you've ever wondered, if you've ever heard me say, well, you know, Michelle Obama hates fat people. Uh, <laughs> here's where that comes from. All right. <laughs> and I'm going to be totally honest with you. And some of you are going to go, are you, you're an idiot. And that's totally fine. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not an idiot. <laughs> we all, I think we all know that the first lady, the former first ladies, uh, I don't know how that works. If you say former or, or you still say first lady, but what, uh, so no disrespect meant in any way, but, uh, Michelle Obama's big push when she, when she was acting first lady was to uh, fight childhood obesity. That was one of her big things. And so uh, some some law, some rules came out during the Obama administration, <laughs> such as restaurant menus have to show caloric uh, counts 
and menus that they need to be on menus and stuff like that. You have to they have to show how many calories are in a dish. And uh, also some some uh, some some things like, uh, hey, instead of cookies and cupcakes at kids birthday part birthday parties in school, uh, you need to serve veg veggie dishes and uh, rice cakes or whatever. <laughs> so uh, when I say <laughs> Michelle Obama hates fat people, I'm making jokes about that push that that fight against childhood obesity. And so uh, does do I believe that she actually hates fat people? <laughs> no, that's the joke. Did she does she uh, is that but it is based on a, a, a kernel of truth, which is that uh, she did a lot of work <laughs> to battle uh, what I think is considered an epidemic. Um, and, uh, uh, of obesity and childhood obesity, particularly so, and as somebody who is considered obese, by the way, medically, I'm medically obese. Um, that term is, <laughs> and by the way, if, so, if you, if a doctor ever goes, well, you are obese, don't take it too personally. Uh, I, I, the, yeah, going like the, the overweight to obese is like, man, I, it's something because we consider like whenever you hear the word obese, you think of the fattest person you've ever seen. But obesity, like I think you're considered obese if you're like 15 pounds overweight. It's something really low. So and then the phrase morbidly obese has always made me laugh. Like, oh, geez, that is, you are you're so obese. It's morbid. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. By the way, I've never uh, I've never achieved morbid obesity. And uh, I asked my doctor one time, I said, because uh, uh, she she goes, she goes, uh, you're obese. You're not morbidly obese. And I said, what what is morbidly obese? What? Uh, so how much more would I have to gain to be morbidly obese? And she goes, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and I was I laughed so hard. I go, I know what you're doing because, you know, that I would uh, you want me to lose weight, of course, doc. But you know that if I knew where morbidly obese was, I would go right up to it. <laughs> and so long as I never crossed into morbidity, <laughs> I would I would feel okay. <laughs> she knew me too well. So uh, anyway, that's where that uh, stems from. But I'm also trying to get these guys to call me a dummy or whatever. Call me. I'm trying to uh, create. Uh, I'm trying to annoy them or uh, create some sort of. Uh, <laughs> comedic dialogue or whatever by saying uh, many of the things I do. Quite honestly, do you guys care? I mean, do you really care how I feel about uh, um, where I stand politically or sociopolitically or uh, any? I mean, I'm pretty, you guys, I'm pretty open. And I should also tell, I guess I could just tell, I'm all over the place. Um, and my my opinions vary. Uh, and they, and quite honestly, they grow and change. So, I'm very opinionated, but they're not etched in stone. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm willing to uh, grow and change and uh, <laughs> adjust. Now, there are some things where I'll never, I'll never grow and change or adjust, but that's okay. Um, and you know what? And some of you are probably yelling at your uh, speakers right now. Yeah, I do kind of want to know where you stand on certain things. Well, I like that you don't. And I like um, not knowing. You know what I mean? Because to me... Those kind of beliefs and philosophies, any it doesn't 
it doesn't define you as a person. It really doesn't. Who you voted for or how you feel about a certain issue is just one, in my opinion, tiny aspect of your life. It's It does not define. We all know people on all sides who are great people. And we've all met people who were a-holes on all sides. You know? So, uh, it, it, to me, it does not that stuff does not define you. I, 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 your experiences are your own, and your life is your own, and and uh, you know I'm just not willing to judge somebody solely on how they vote or how they feel about certain issues. So uh, uh, I don't know. I, I I don't think I'm wrong in that in, in living that way, but um, you know, somebody somebody does think that I'm wrong in living that way, and that's okay. Again, I'm not willing to judge you for feeling that way. <laughs> There's uh, there are many many more important things uh, I, I feel in uh, in life than that stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, what else? Uh, oh yeah, a great question, uh, Edward. Yeah, I, I hope I answered it. Uh, I know I rambled, but I hope I uh, in that rambling I answered uh, the question. Uh, Dustin. Oh, good man, Dustin. Uh, can't wait to see you in Peoria once tickets go on sale. Oh yeah, man. I, I p- please say hi. Uh, when you're at a, after after a show, uh, you say since being in a role where you are more in the public eye, have you formed a legitimate close friendship with a Bob and Tom fan? Meaning, uh, going out with them, visiting their house, vice versa, spending holidays together. Why or why not? Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And, 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 uh, um, the truth is, yeah, you know, I guess I'm going to say yes. Um, because my ex-girlfriend, my, my last girlfriend, uh, I met, uh, via a message she sent me because she listened to the show. So she, she, uh, was and is a Bob and Tom fan. And uh, reached out to me, and um, I, you know, I, I, I if I remember correctly, uh, she reached out to me, and I uh, either didn't see her first message, but I did, or I just didn't respond to it. I because I, uh, I some, I oftentimes, unfortunately, miss a lot of messages I get, um, and uh, so um, uh, she sent, and then she sent something again, and it caught my eye. I remember because it was funny. Um, she had a comment about uh, something happening on the show, and then uh, I responded, and we, yeah, we started talking, and um, eventually met up for lunch, and then things got very serious very quickly, and oh my gosh, uh, she's one of my absolute favorite people on the planet. We're not together anymore, but uh, uh, boy, I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I, uh, you know, she, she. I, I didn't still uh, love her in many ways, and uh, and uh, I, I miss her. We don't talk as much as we used to. Um, uh, we, you know, that's just sort of the nature of things. And uh, but boy, she sure, man, oh man, a huge part of uh, my life there. For I mean, she she moved in with we lived together, and uh, uh, we had uh, wonderful times. I mean, just. Just great, uh, great times, and uh, also some some pretty rough times. I mean, we uh, we I don't remember too many times where we really got angry at each other, but there was 
you know, we well, you guys, we broke up, and so there was there was a lot of sadness at times too. And uh, uh, but you know what? We were sad together. We never really. Um, I I don't. I think she would agree with me. We never, you know, would abandon each other in those moments. Um, we just sort of. We were, yeah, we we were sad together, and um, uh, but we were also, um, real really happy together too, and uh, uh, yeah. So in that case, one of my closest relationships ever uh, occurred was formed because uh, of the Bob and Tom show, or me being in in the public eye, and um, uh, other than that. You know, um, not really. I mean, there have been a couple other people that uh, I, yes, that I, I've met through um, uh, social media because of the show. And then it was like, hey, here's my phone number. We can talk that way, that kind of thing. Um, or, you know, or email me or whatever. Or, you know, we just stay uh, casual. I, we'll chat every now and again um, on uh, Instagram or, or whatever. So, yes, I have made friends. Now, unfortunately, I can't uh, fa- or, uh, form friendships with everybody who has reached out or uh, invited me to things or stuff like that. I just, I just can't. I, my schedule uh, doesn't require it. And believe it or not, y- you might be surprised to know that I'm actually um, more shy and reserved than than I, I guarantee. I'm more shy and reserved than you think. Um, so, you know, and there are a few different reasons for that. One is that I'm I'm outgoing for a living. Uh, <laughs> and that means uh, I need the other side of that. So in my private life, I can be very private and I can be very quiet and uh, um, spend spend a lot of time alone. Uh, not I don't spend a lot of time lonely. That does happen, but I spend a lot of time alone. And I need it because I couldn't be uh, that outgoing all the time. I, I there are people who can, uh, but it's, I can't. I I need the uh, the flip side to it. So, um, uh, but if you see me out, my gosh, say hi. I love uh, meeting people and I love saying hi and um, learning about you know what you do for a living and and stuff like that. So I'm always interested in in people. Um, so please don't, don't think that, uh, I would, I'm unapproachable. I'm, I'm absolutely not unapproachable. Um, and, uh, so yeah, but, um, in terms of, uh, you know, making a ton of friends and, and going out a lot with people who listen to the show, it doesn't happen uh, that much. Um, and it doesn't mean that it won't, but, uh, uh, yeah. So, all right. What else? Uh, oh, Who's this now? Chris. Chris uh, says, if you didn't get the gig on the Bob and Tom show, where do you think you'd be uh, career-wise, uh, geographically, where you live, etc.? Oh, man. It's interesting. I think I may have mentioned this before. But uh, for those of you who may not remember or, or hadn't heard, uh, when I first was hired uh, back in twenty, the summer of 2016, um, uh, officially hired, 
uh, without being officially hired. And by that, what I mean is we've all joked. Uh, everybody that's uh, sort of part of the show has sort of has joked that Tom never said, hey, you're hired. <laughs> it was always more of a vague sort of, uh, all right, we'll come on in and, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes, <laughs> that kind of thing. But then the next thing you know, you're signing a contract. Order. So you you know that you are, but you never officially heard, you know, from him, <laughs> which is totally fine. He's, uh, uh, in, in some ways, he's also uh, shy and reserved and close to the vest uh, with things, and that happens to be one of, one of, the, one of those. So uh, before I was officially hired, I was making early plans to move to the West Coast. I was gonna, uh, my I, I was doing stand up for a living uh, as a feature, uh, and uh, the money wasn't great. It was I, I could live, but I was I had, I was sharing an apartment with one of my best friends, uh, Sean O'Brien, and we um, a rent like I think we each had to pay like four hundred dollars a month or whatever, so we could easily pay our bills and rent. Uh, I, I could do it while working um, as a, uh, a feature comedian on the road. But I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm 30, whatever. Uh, boy, what was I, 38 or 37? Um, you know, I guess I, 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 could, I, I should move out to L.A. and see if uh, um, uh, I could act. I've, I love acting, and I, uh, I've always wanted to act, and I always will want to act. Um, I thought, man, yeah, if I can get out there and maybe do stand up and get uh, a little bit of get noticed enough to where I'd be invited to auditions. And um, in the meantime, I would have to have a different job. So I was, <laughs> well, I, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine who is in the adult film industry. Now, before you, I can hear you all laughing, uh, but but what he did was he was a distributor. So he worked, uh, he owns a, a distribution company, uh, meaning he doesn't necessarily produce movies, adult films himself. Uh, he uh, runs a warehouse where they store. This was, uh, by the way. I, I, I've talked to him recently, but we haven't talked work. We, we don't really talk shop that much. Um, I don't know. What was he? T- oh, okay. Yes. Back then, uh, and I had visited his warehouse, and it was this giant warehouse filled with DVDs and Blu-rays of adult films. And uh, it's like, holy cow. And I remember <laughs> him going, hey, take whatever you want. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and he was like, grab one of those shopping carts. And just uh, go around and take whatever you want. And uh, I didn't really because uh, DVD and Blu-ray were like, that's not how I was consuming my uh, porn anymore. <laughs> Dude, if I had if I had known him, like if it had been like 2001 and I had gone into that, I mean, I would still be there filling shopping carts. But uh, it was kind of one of those things where I grabbed a few as uh, jokes Um some really what I look and I'm not out to judge anybody, but what I considered the grosser porn and it was there. Uh, I grabbed a few of those and uh, <laughs> what I would do is secretly leave them at friends houses <laughs> in places where they so that somebody might go, dude, why do you have this? And they go, what? That's not mine. So I did that to a couple friends. And in fact, uh, Sean O'Brien, my roommate, 
there were like two or three that were just really, really, um, yeah, gross. They were gross porn. Uh, I mean, I don't know how, any other way to put it. And uh, <laughs> uh, what what we would do is uh, he's he was also he would also do comedy on the road, or he would go he would travel for other reasons, and I and so was I. And so uh, what we would do <laughs> is if we knew uh, somebody was hitting the road for a little bit, we would uh, sneak a copy, like one of the DVDs, into their suitcase. And so they wouldn't discover it until they were either <laughs> being searched at the airport <laughs> or they would arrive wherever they were and open up their bag and go, oh, damn it. We did that so many times. And it and. We never, it never occurred to us to check our bag before we left the apartment because <laughs> I don't know why. I guess it was because he and I both were similar. Like, we're both sort of, uh, we would procrastinate. So we would uh, very, we would pack in a hurry and get out of there. So uh, <laughs> we always knew that the other person was sort of frenzied when they were doing it. And so we could, we could easily slip the DVD in and uh, man, hilarious. And that's that that son of a bitch. He he won. He won the whole thing. And here's why. <laughs> I moved I moved out and I moved to Indianapolis to be on the Bob and Tom show. So I got uh, so I packed everything up. I packed all uh, everything up and it was there. And I said, hey, I have to go. The movers are coming here to get my stuff and drive it to Indianapolis. But I have to leave today because I'm working tomorrow or whatever. So. <laughs> So what he did was he un he opened this box that I had and he put those DVDs in the box unbeknownst to me. <laughs> and so when I was unpacking things here in Indianapolis, there they were. Those uh, those damn gross porn <laughs> porn DVDs. <laughs> so he won. He got rid of them and uh, I I was stuck with them. And I eventually pranked Chris Spangle uh, on the, the, of the Bob and Tom staff and his own uh, podcasts and stuff. I uh, I left them like in his desk one day or whatever. <laughs> and then I remember we got kind of in trouble for having that kind of stuff on oh, in the workplace. But uh, uh, I don't know what eventually happened to it. If you want to know what happened to the gross porn, uh, ask Chris Spangle. I think he was the last person to have it. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, how did I get to, uh, that who knows, but I can tell you, I can go back to the, the heart of the question, which was, I was going to move. Oh, that's what it was. I was, I, I so I, I, my buddy, I said, Hey, I think I'm going to move out there. Can I have a job? Like, do you have any openings to, uh, for somebody to sweep the warehouse or stock it or whatever? And he had gone uh, primarily from DVDs and blue to, Sex toys. Uh, he he said, "Man, the money is no longer in uh, the movies for obvious reasons, internet and, and stuff like that. It's in the toys themselves." And I was like, "I don't care. I I, I would have. Uh, I wouldn't tell my you know nieces what I was doing for a living. But I it doesn't bother me that I would be stocking shelves with adult toys. You know, if anything, I'd get some material out of it and some laughs every day or whatever and." Uh, um, maybe even my, my female friends, I'd even be able to, I'd have some gifts for them. So, <laughs> so, uh, I was like, you know, anything you've got, or if you, if you, uh, I, I, I'd done years of copywriting. I said, if you need somebody to write, uh, 
copy for whatever you've, you know, the packages. Or <laughs> I could do that. And he was like, all right, well, yeah, I think I could probably have something. It wouldn't pay much, but I go, all I would need is, is for my rent to be paid and my bills. And then, you know, I just want to give, I just want to give this thing a shot. So, uh, uh, to make a long story short, too late. I would probably have gone, I would have gone out to LA and uh, seen seen how things were there. Uh, do I uh, have any? You're not asking this, but I'm I'm asking it and going to answer it. Uh, do I have any regrets that that things worked out the way they did? That instead I took the radio gig and didn't move out to L.A. to see if I could make it as an actor? None, none at all. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, let's say L.A. didn't work out, and I didn't get on the Bob and Tom show. What would I be doing? I think I'd still be doing stand-up. And uh, um, yes, I, that is what I'd be doing. So, uh, And if, if that wasn't working out, I've always had in the back of my head that I could go back to Korea and teach um, and, uh, you know, do that until the next thing I decided I wanted to do came to me. So that was always uh, an option for me. Um, boy. The thing about it is, uh, you know, would I would I like to be in movies and stuff? Uh, yeah, because I I love them and I I think it would be, I think acting is so much fun and and challenging and and uh, stuff like that. But I can do it. Like I I can do it wherever I am. Um, the way things are now, you you can make a movie, and uh, well, I've done it. Um, uh, I I helped write one and I I uh, starred in it. Um, and, uh, I've done other, uh, you know, I've done a few movies. Um, I've never directed or, uh, anything like that, but you can, I mean, you can just do it with the way, the way, uh, things are. Will it be seen in a theater by millions of people? Not necessarily, but hell you, you throw it up, uh, on wherever you like. Um, and, uh, you get some streams and, uh, you know, if you like it and you're proud of it, you get it out there. Hey. You did it. So I can always do that kind of stuff. And I'll tell you what, I I, I will. And things are in the works. And, uh, yeah, I'll, you know, it's it's pretty cool. You can go out there and uh, <laughs> just make a movie if you wanted or a web series or wh- whatever and uh, get uh, whoever you can to watch it and you don't know what will happen. So what I would love is, um, and, and this is something I, I'm working toward, is to uh, be on the Bob and Tom show and like once a year um, do some cool uh, film project or um, some some sort of acting project uh, where like on our weeks off, uh, we get a week off in the summer where that would be like my main thing or something uh, during that week. Or, um, or, I mean, let's be honest, my hours are such that I can uh, do I can do something like that. I could do a low budget shoot for half every day after the show and uh, on our weekends. So that's what I, that's that's kind of my goal. And I think, boy, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, and maybe it would be under some. You know, I could always talk to Tom and go, "Hey, w- should we have like a Bob and Tom production banner where we can uh, essentially uh, make our own shows or movies and then." just distribute them ourselves and it would be 
Yeah, Frigamall Productions or something like that. So, you know, I've, I'm blessed. I've got some opportunities here. And I've also, I also know really good people in the ultra low budget uh, indie film industry. Uh, great people who are a lot of fun. And uh, um, so, and, and I also just want to be able to work with them more. It's just fun stuff. Uh, is okay, great. Uh, Chris, I know you've got another question here, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, all right, I guess, uh, what should we call it a day? Sounds good to me. Um, just looking through things here, boy, what a professional podcast I run here, huh? Isn't it? Uh, <laughs> don't you every time you listen, aren't you like, you know what? We're in good hands. <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway, to recap a few things, thatjosharnold.com for my comedy schedule. I'm having a lot of fun so far and uh, working out some new bits and uh, reworking some older bits. And, uh, uh, well, quite frankly, some of them uh, just doing them as they've been done for the last uh, six years so, <laughs> or whatever. But, man, it's so, been so great meeting uh, you folks out on the road, and I can't wait to keep to keep doing it. Oh, here's something we should work on. Uh, the first would be um, tightening up that cue. The second, but that was totally my fault. Jason is not at fault there. I surprised him. I sprung it on him. <laughs> uh, all right. Things to work on this week. Well, a thing to work on this week would be... You're going to be... I don't know if you're going to like this or not, but I thought of it earlier today, and I when I like it. We're doing it. What I want you to work on this week? Nothing. Give yourself a break. Enjoy yourself. Do what you've been doing. Keep doing good work. And, uh, yeah. You know why, You know what got me thinking about this? The whole Simone Biles thing. Uh, and by the way, I'm, I, I I think you guys know I haven't been following the news at all. So I get my news from my coworkers pretty much. And from what I've gathered, Simone Biles uh, having some legitimate, like mental uh, and physical things, uh, you know, at the Olympics this year. And some people are saying, hey, you need to fight through it and perform. And others are saying, my gosh, take a break. Uh, if you're not, uh, if, if you're not uh, feeling it. Don't do it. You're just going to hurt yourself. But but what it got me thinking about was, so to me, that seems to be the crux of the issue. To me, it's, uh, how do I feel about it? I'll give you my opinion. I think she's a wonderful ambassador for the country, and whatever she's doing over there is 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 great. Uh, whether she's able to, I guarantee she wants, I mean, she wants to perform, right? She wants to do what she can, but if she can't, she can't. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I think there's there are lessons to be learned about, uh, you know, you always do your best and you always try your hardest, but sometimes you got to put your safety first and your mental health first or whatever it is. But anyway, it got me thinking about pressure and how much pressure the Olympians are put under and how much pressure we put we, we're put under. And a lot of it is outside pressure, but a lot of it is also, and I'm real guilty of this, very guilty of it. Uh, it's one of the main reasons I'm in therapy is to sort of address this and and, and uh, putting pressure on ourselves, undue pressure on ourselves. And I thought, you know what, uh, this week, what we should work on is uh, don't put any undue pressure on yourself. So essentially, don't work on anything. 
Just do what you're doing, all right? And uh, we can worry about uh, uh, making ourselves better a- another time. I'm very proud of you all, and I'm very thankful for all of you. Oh, and I wanted to ask you guys, did you happen to notice that by...